if you, if you read all throughout Paul's letters in the New Testament, specifically Acts and Romans, you see this great and beautiful journey that Paul goes on where he ministers to over 20 different churches, 20 churches that are credited with Paul's leadership. Either he planted them or he helped to lead them so that they would grow and they would thrive. The word of God exploded because God had chosen Paul as his messenger, and Paul said yes, even in a valley surrounded by giants, by fear, by uncertainty, intimidation. I, uh, I really enjoy um, watching, do any of you guys watch TED Talks ever? A couple of TED Talk people. Um, so TED Talks, people just get up and share their experiences. They're real short. They usually have really great, TED Talks are awesome. Like if you look one up, you'll watch it. Look up something that you enjoy learning about, like rocket science or whatever. Look it up. Um, that's for you, Gabe. And, um, <laughs> and uh, look it up and watch it. And somebody will explain all these cool things. And it's usually somebody with a really neat revelation about our world or about experiences that they've had. Um, and I like Simon Sinek a lot, and he had, does a lot of different TED Talks, but one that he did was super powerful and transformational for my life. He talked about how he had watched the Olympics. Now, it's not this Olympics or the last one, but the one before is the one that he was speaking of. He said, I watched the Olympics, and this is what I saw. I saw reporters looking at Olympians and going, oh my goodness, are you nervous? Are you afraid? And every single time, he would, they would stick the mic over to the Olympian, and the Olympian would go, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. You know why the reporters asked them if they were afraid or if they were nervous or anxious? Because y'all be nervous or anxious or afraid. I saw a meme the other day. This is an insert. So I saw a meme the other day that, uh, that talked about how much more fun the Olympics would be if they just take regular old people and be like, hey, look, you're doing the pole vault today. Go for it. And had all just... Uh, and now we can't get that out of our minds because it's hilarious. <laughs> um, but where was I? I was talking about the Olympics. Simon Sinek, very good. Okay, so Simon Sinek is talking about these Olympians, asking them if they're afraid, and every single one of them says, no, I'm excited. And so he did this test on himself. He said, this is what I found, that excitement and fear have the exact same responses in our body. We get excited, we get a little bit, a little bit jittery, a little bit, yeah? And when we're afraid, what do we get? We get a little bit nervous, a little bit jittery. Our hands start to sweat. Except for me, because I'm cold all the time. My hands don't know how to sweat. But most people, like your hands sweat. You start thinking about the future. You go, oh, if you're excited, you're thinking about, man, I'm planning that vacation, or I'm doing this thing, or whatever it is. If you're afraid, you start dwelling up there in anxiety, thinking about the things that are negative to come, all the five a bazillion possibilities of things that could go wrong. Nervous and, nervousness and fear and anxiety have the exact same body response as being excited. And so Simon Sinek said, I'm going to do a test. And I'm going to tell um, myself every time that I start to feel nervous or afraid that I'm excited, that it's exciting. And he gets up and speaks in front of people all the time. And he said, I, um, right after all of a bunch of violence broke out um, with, our, uh, with, with police and like all of the things that, we're, that we've been struggling with as a nation. And uh, he said, I stood up in front of 600 officers getting ready to speak about peace and connection and building connections. He said, and I was nervous. And he said, and I got, I stood at the side of the stage and I told myself, I was like, no, I'm excited. This is an exciting opportunity to share hope with a group of people. I'm excited about this. He said, I was on a plane, and all of a sudden there was some turbulence. 
Apparently, he didn't take his Xanax. He said, there's a little bit of turbulence. And he said, I looked, I just, he said, oh, well, that was exciting. He said, it was over. I had been able to switch my brain. I'd been able to change my mindset. Instead of being afraid of things or nervous about them, all of a sudden, I convinced myself that I was excited because my body's response is the exact same in those two settings. I think sometimes we are afraid of the things that God has for us when really it's excitement and hiding. We're nervous, we're uncertain, we're fearful, our palms are sweaty. I don't know if I can do that, God. I don't know if you chose da-da-da. And instead we go, man, that's cool, God chose me. Let me go out and do that thing that God called me to do. And all of a sudden it changes our mindset. It changes the way that we see valleys of grapes and mountains filled with giants. It changes the way that we say yes to God. Paul later had an encounter with a, a guy named Timothy. And, uh, and Timothy's young. That's what we know from Scripture. We don't know a whole lot about him, but we know that he's a young guy. And he got two letters that were written to him. And in these two different letters, Paul was super encouraging. He looked at this young guy who was trying to do church ministry, and he was just encouraging him. Woohoo! You go, Timothy, you go! And in 2 Timothy... Chapter 1, verse 7. I think we have, do we have it up there? That's okay. Oh, there we go. Um, oh, no, I think it's second. But it was probably my mistake. Give me just a second. Somebody else can, if you get to it first, you can read it out loud, okay? I hear Bibles turning out there if you get to it before I do. Ephesians, Colossians, Thessalonians, where am I? Okay, Timothy, there we go. Takes me a minute to get there. 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7. And he says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Do you guys believe that? God has not given us a spirit of fear. The ten guys that came out of the valley, that was not of God. The fear that they felt was not fear that God had placed in them. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God hasn't done that. What has he given us a spirit of? A spirit of power, power, of love, and of self-discipline. We get a chance to conquer fear by the way that we think, by the way that we live, and by the yes that we say to God by the promises that we trust in that he has made to us. We look around and we are hopeful and we are excited, knowing that God has great things in store, but a lot of times, like these guys, we get stuck in a valley where we're surrounded by plenty. The goodness of God is all around us. And instead, we're focusing on the giants. A couple weeks ago, Cindy Brockner, Cindy, I'm going to have you come up here. Is number two okay? Um, so a couple weeks ago, Cindy was, we were just after church and we were talking, and 
Um, it was a service where we'd asked for a response, and there weren't, there weren't very many people that responded, and we felt like there should have been more. Not, I'm not making, this is not a guilt trip. I'm just telling a story, okay? I'm just telling you what happened. And so we get done, and I came down, and I was just trying to, I was just wrestling through a little bit, like, God, is there something that, is there something that I missed, or are we just, as a people, are we just kind of processing through this? And Cindy came up to me, and she shared a story about how God had been working on her heart and life, and I, I would love for you to share that with us today. Um, this is kind of a quick announcement. You guys all have to sing now. <laughs> and at the end, too, she told me that her, uh, her friend Lisa and her have started praying for Lisa's husband and Lisa's son as well, right? Um, and it's just gone on and on. And I think of all of the reasons in my life that I haven't done things because I was afraid. Afraid of something that somebody would say or a comment that they would make, or that I wouldn't have enough information. Like, we don't all live in Cindy's world of, of scientists, but we live in worlds of different kinds of people where they're going to ask questions that we may not have all the answers to. We are still called to live as the people of Christ, to love as the people of Christ, and to live out all that God has called us to do. For he is faithful. Oh, and the fruit is good. Billy Graham once said, the greatest views happen from the mountaintops, but the fruit is grown in the valleys. And we have valleys of good fruit. I'm going in, to invite Clay and Ashley to come back up. They're going to sing for us tonight and our servers today. I didn't preach that long, don't worry. Um, you know, I, I think about the, the beauty of these grapes in the valley, and then I think about the wine that Jesus held and served to his disciples. The crushing and the pressing of the grapes made the wine that Jesus then presented to his disciples, and in that he said, what did he say? He said, this is my blood that was shed for the forgiveness of your sins. And I think today, as we partake of communion, and in the Church of the Nazarene, we have an open table, which just means if, if you love the Lord or you desire to be in a relationship with him, you are welcome to partake here. And as you come forward, you're going you're gonna to hear the words, the body of Christ that was broken for you and the blood of Christ that was shed for the forgiveness of your sins. And today, I want you to focus on that grape juice. It's just grape juice. I'm sorry, guys. Just grape juice today. But focus on, focus on the juice. Focus on the wine that Jesus served to his disciples. Hone in on what it means for God to provide plentiful in the valley, to provide plentiful for us on the cross, that his sacrifice has made it all worth it. Are we willing to sacrifice for him? Are we willing to say yes in our fear and in our uncertainty? Are we willing to live in the valley of plenty? And when we get out into the world, we go, let's go conquer it for Jesus. This morning as you come forward, I see Karen and Pastor Stan and Garrett today. Um, If you're on this side, we're just going to ask you to all come down the middle aisle here, and as you come forward, you'll receive the bread and the cup. 
And then you can wrap back around the back way and head back to your seat. And we're also going to be singing through a song called Reckless Love. What a beautiful reminder of the reckless love of Jesus Christ that was shed, that allowed him to have his body nailed to a cross and his blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Heavenly Father, as we come to this table today, may you bless it in your name. May you guide us into valleys of plenty and give us a spirit, not of fear or timidity, but a spirit of love and self-discipline and might so that we can live out the callings that you've placed on each of us. We love you, Lord, and we pray it in your name today. Oh, Heavenly Father, we give you praise today for your reckless love. Your love that hunts us down in mountains and valleys. Your love that sacrifices for us, that calls us, that leads us, that empowers us for your work. So people of Titsinaz, as you go from this place today, may the Lord bless you with his tender mercies. Instead of a spirit of fear or timidity, may he grant you a spirit of love, of might, of self-discipline. And may the world be forever changed because of your courage. Amen.